Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Today we're continuing our series on the book of Galatians. Today we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Galatians chapter 4. And really, um, we have been going through each chapter. This is called expository study. It's literally we're going chapter by chapter. Sometimes we do series based on themes. Sometimes we do uh, series based on issues that are taking place in our world. Sometimes we just take a book and start uh, combing through it. That's what we're doing in this series on Galatians. And so if you happen to uh, uh, have missed uh, uh, chapters one through three, you can go online and check uh, any of those out. I know it's the, the dead of summer and especially here in the Pacific Northwest. We, we don't get that many days of sunshine, and so I know a lot of people are on vacation and that sort of thing, and so if, if that happens to be you, make, make sure that you don't at least uh, miss the teachings, and so you can check that out on all of our different social media and online outlets for you, Galatians chapters 1 through 3, and we're going to talk about chapter 4 today, but before we get to that, uh, how many of you uh, in this room can raise your hand and say, you know, uh, my spouse, I married someone uh, who didn't grow up in the same town that I did. Maybe it was a different state, a different region in uh, the world, perhaps. And, and so, how, how, so, so with that in mind, how many of you know that context is everything, right? Uh, you know, some of you know that I grew up right here in Tacoma. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just straight two, five, three. You know what I mean? Like I'm, 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 I'm still a Sonics fan and they haven't been here for 20 years. You know what I mean? So like, like I'm straight PNW, but I want you to know, uh, I mean, you heard a little bit of it up here. I, I married a girl from Georgia, like the deep South, you know, and, you know, growing up here, I didn't really engage with a lot of Southerners, but then I went off to this place called University, right? And it just so happened the university that I chose was in a town city really called Nashville, Tennessee, which just so happens to be in the South. And how many of you know that when I arrived in that city, um, just a little bit of a culture shock. You know what I mean? Like, like everyone had different accents and the food. You know, Pastor Eric talked about barbecue. I got to really experience true Southern barbecue. I, I experienced Southern hospitality. And man, I just fell in love with the South and the people that live there, including one girl. And we've been married next month. It'll be 10 years, man. And we're just gonna we're gonna believe for another ten, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, we're just uh, we're, I just I love her. And but you know when I first started getting to know her, as we kind of kind of continued our relationship, and we kind of were like, man, this is getting kind of serious. She popped the question, and it wasn't, "Will you marry me?" the The question was, uh, "Will you please come uh, meet my father?" And I was like. Oh man, I've heard legends of your father, you know, stories, you know, and and so sure enough, we took the the trek four and a half hours into the middle of nowhere. I mean, like the heart of Georgia. And I'm telling you, I mean, I'm telling when it gets dark there, I mean, it gets dark there. You know what I'm talking about? And you hear noises out there. What in the world is that? You know, and I remember the first time I was at her house and you know, to this day, I struggled to, uh, he's probably watching this online, but I struggled to understand what he's saying because his accent is so thick. And I'm like, dad, I, what'd you say? He's like, I've said it four times, son, you know? And, um, but I can remember being like in the kitchen area and I just, 
I don't know, it was probably the second time being in his home, and his son, my, my brother-in-law, uh, was in there, and, and, and my brother-in-law said to him, hey, Dad, you know, I know that you uh, are really great at restoring old cars, and you know, Uncle Jack has that old pickup, that old Ford, um, and I'm thinking about buying it, and I was wondering if there was any way, after I bought it, you would help me restore it. And in that moment, my father-in-law looked at him and he said, son, in a very thick accent, he said, son, that dog won't hunt. <laughs> and then he just walked off. My, brother and said, my brother-in-law said, yeah, he's probably right. And then he walked off. And I looked at my wife and I said, I thought we were talking about a truck. <laughs> I thought, where's the dog and we're going on a hunting trip now? And she says, oh, you don't understand what he said? I said, I don't, we were talking about a truck, you know? And she said, no, he, he was saying that that truck isn't worth it. Like, it, it, it's not worth restoring. It, it'll, it'll never really drive again, right? How many of you know that context matters? And my wife needed to translate for me, right? Sometimes in life, we have to translate for each other. And context matters. And in this uh, letter that Paul writes to this group of baby Christians, context matters. This was the ancient world. And so I want to set it up for you as we move into chapter four, because some of you haven't been here in three weeks. And it's important because if you just start reading chapter four, you'll be like, what in the heck is going on here, right? Paul travels to Galatia, which is modern day Turkey, and he preaches to a group of ex-somethings. How many in this room, you don't have to raise your hand, but you're an ex-something, Maybe you're an ex-cheater. Maybe you're an ex-fornicator. Maybe you're, you're, you're an ex-addict, uh, whatever it is. All of us are an ex-something, and then we met Jesus, and, 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 and we're ex-something we're ex now. And it's everything that Jesus did for us that we can live in freedom. And Paul has planted this church full of ex-somethings. In the ancient world, they were lab labeled pagans. In that context, pagans worshipped other gods and got into a bunch of weird stuff that we, uh, as far as con we wouldn't even understand in this modern time, but they were all now ex-somethings, right? And what they were, were baby Christians. And in this room right now, I mentioned in the first service, there, there's, we, we have some baby Christians. Some of you said, said Jesus last, said yes to Jesus last week, or you've been following Jesus for six months, and 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 you're still getting to know all of this. And what I want you to know, just like those Galatians, right now in the state that you're in, you are very impressionable. Meaning, what you're hearing from this stage or what you're looking at online can really affect your view of Jesus. And so what happened in this church was that there was this good thing going on. There were people coming to Christ. And man, I, I, I get so jacked up, excited getting around baby Christians. Why? Because they're so excited. They've like experienced Jesus just recently for the first time. And they're just, they're on fire. And they want to do whatever it takes. And it just gets me really excited. But it could also be dangerous because the enemy knows all about it. And here's the thing, the enemy will do anything he can 
to change those of you who are baby Christians. He will do anything you can, he can to change your mind, including mine. In fact, did you know he'll use people? He'll use people to sway or get inside your head. That stuff isn't real. You know, that, that thing you experienced was just emotions. This thing's not, you, you, and, 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 and this is what was happening. What was happening is there was false teachers infiltrating into this brand new baby church. And they were teaching what Paul talks about in chapter 2. A, a false gospel, which he says is no gospel at all. So this is taking place, and he's really upset about it. And so he, he pens this letter. And man, if you missed it last week, Pastor Ashley brought a word from chapter 3 on the difference between grace and works. And hey, check it out if you missed it. But I want to set up chapter 4 and, and just kind of kind of piggyback off the last part of chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, uh, look at chapter 3, verses uh, 27 through 29. Because here's, here's the theme of this entire letter, and that is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. You don't need any more of your religious dogma or anything added to the purest sense of the gospel. Because of what Jesus did, that's enough. That's what saves you today. And what was happening was, is that there was people coming in and they were saying, no, 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 the gospel's fine. But you also need to get circumcised. You also need to start eating kosher like we Jews. You, you need to start uh, obeying the Passover, the Shabbat, exactly the way we do it. You need to adhere to all the feasts. And Paul is saying, no, 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 you Gentiles, you ex-pagans, you don't have to do that. The gospel of Jesus is enough. Look at the text here. Verse 27 of chapter 3, it says, And all who have been united with Christ... In baptism, I like this part here, have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There's no longer, look at this, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one. Someone say one. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So Paul spent three chapters explaining to these new Gentile baby believers that through Jesus Christ, they are full heirs, meaning they're fully entitled to everything that God initially promised to Abraham. They have access to it, and we do too. Someone should get excited about that today. Not because of anything that we've done, everything of what Jesus did for us. And so in chapter four, it starts out with an analogy that Paul uses to really hammer this thought down. Let's go to chapter four, verses one through three. This is what the text says. It says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. Verse 2, they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic 
spiritual principles of this world. In this section of the letter, there are three main reminders that Paul is urging this church. So if you're taking notes, let me give you three main reminders that Paul is giving this baby ex-pagan church. All right? Number one, write this down. You are not a subject. You are not a subject. What is Paul talking about here? He's talking about the difference between being a servant in a household versus an heir. Once again, remember, Paul's talking to the Gentiles and reminding them that now through what Jesus Christ did for us, we are fully a part of God's chosen people. I was reading this illustration as I was studying this week, preparing for this sermon. I was reading this illustration and it reminded me of an article that I read in Forbes magazine of a woman uh, by the name of Megan Ellison. Megan Ellison is a Hollywood producer, but not just a Hollywood producer. She's a Hollywood financier. Did I say that word? Meaning people come to, him, come to her and they ask her, hey, Megan, would you help us pay for this blockbuster film? So we're talking about some serious cash she has. The way she, she has money, the means to do that, is through her father, Larry Ellison, who is, the, who is the CEO of Oracle Software and the third richest man in the United States. He's worth, are you ready for this? $45 billion. And at the age of 25, Megan got her first wave, just kind of a bone thrown at her, if you will, of part of her inheritance. You know how much that first wave was at 25? Just a cool 200 mil. 25 years old, she gets a check for $200 million. Now, I'm 38. 25, 200 million would have messed me up. You know what I'm talking about? I would have, I would have not done well with that. But this is what happened to this woman. And this is exactly what Paul's talking about. Because you see, when Megan was born, she was immediately an heir to a vast fortune. The second she was born, it was coming her way, whether she liked it or not. And I guarantee you, she liked it, right? She was always entitled to it. The fortune was coming, but it wasn't until she was 25 that she could even write one single check. Why? Because she was a subject in her father's house. She was, she was subjected to the guardianship. Her father, maybe her mother, the nannies, whoever was raising her. And in the same way, God created all of us. We were all created his children. But until Jesus came, before he came, before he lived a perfect life, before he, and, and, he, and he, when he died for us, when he took our place, before that, we weren't able to tap in to the, to the entire inheritance that the Father has for each and every one of us. It wasn't until he did that. That's exactly what Paul is saying here. And he's saying, because of Jesus doing that, you are not a subject anymore. You're not a servant in any way. You're not a slave in any capacity whatsoever. Here's the second part of that. Second reminder is, you can be his son. You can be his son. I love what Galatians says here, verses four and five. It says, but when the set time had fully come, 
God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. We now have the opportunity to be the sons and the daughters of God. Jesus came, he lived a perfect life. He followed every single letter of the law. He fulfilled all of the requirements. And then he took on our sin. He took on our shame. He paid the price so that you and I could be free. So that you and I could step into adoption. That you and I could become fully sons and daughters of almighty God. Someone that gets me excited today. We are now his kid When you say yes to Jesus, nothing changes that. You are forever his. I have have two kids. Some of you know that. I have uh, almost an eight-year-old daughter uh, named Israel. She's the apple of my eye, my firstborn. But she doesn't really look like me, okay? I have a second son who's almost five years old, and his name is Fulton Buntane Wilkerson. And this kid is a spitting image of me. And not only me, of his great-grandfather, Pastor Fulton W. Buntain, who pastored in this town for almost 50 years. Gave his life for this city, right? And I think I have a picture of them. He looks just like him, too. Now, my wife was like, you didn't say it in the first service, okay? The dude on the left, that's not me. That's my grandfather. Isn't that crazy, like the resemblance there? That's some DNA. (laughs) Look at that kid on the far right. That kid on the far right came from that dude on the far left, did he not? He's a spitting image of me. In fact, uh, not too long ago, Ashley was at Safeway, you know, the grocery store. And uh, she was in the the aisle, like you don't know Safeway, right? Um, (laughs) It's funny what people land on, you know, it's like, so she's, at, she's in the grocery store and, uh, and she, it was just her and Fulton, right? My son. And this, you know, senior woman came, uh, you know, she, she said she was in the aisle and she saw this lady like doing this number, right? You know, when you get really old, you can kind of do, you, you know, you can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? You can, you know what I'm saying? Like you can stare at people with a crazy look on your face, you know? And so this woman was like doing one of these things, like, you know, and she was like, Okay, she can, she can do that, that's for sure. And she finally, like after, you know, a handful of seconds there, like walked up and said, I don't, I don't mean to bother you, miss, but um, I don't know who you are. And she looked at my son, you know, Fulton said, all I know is uh, that kid is related to Fulton Buntain, is he not? <laughs> and she said, yeah, yeah, it's his great grandson, right? Spitting image. We look just like each other. And here's the thing, that's what the Lord wants for us. He wants you, he wants me to look just like him. And as the band comes back, because we're going to receive communion here in just one second. As the band comes back, here's the third reminder with that thought in mind, spitting image. Write this down. He wants you to be his spitting image. Someone needs to hear that today. That's what the Father wants. That's that's what he wants for you. And the question is, if he wants us to look like him, 
How does that happen? It's funny you ask. You're asking the right questions today, everybody, because Galatians answers that for us. Let's go to the text. You'll see it on the screen. Verses 6 and 7, it says, Because you are his sons, because you're his daughters, God sent the Spirit of his Son Jesus into our hearts, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father! So you're no longer a slave. Underline this part, but you're God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also, here it is again, underline it, an heir. The very definition of the word heir is that there is something to inherit. There's something promised. So scripture says we're an heir. That means we have an inheritance. And I'm reminded today that there's, there's two components, if you will, to inheritance. The first one is something you're actually born with. How, how many of you know when before, you know, Fulton came onto this planet, my son, Ashley and I didn't get together with some scientist or even God himself and say, you know what, uh, I really want him to look like me. And so, like, let's make that happen. I want him to, like, the same hairline, that big widow's peak in the forehead, like, you know, like my great-grandfather. Like, I, like, no, 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 no. He, he, he didn't even get to choose. The, the, he, he inherited, watch this, my DNA, and I inherited my grandfather's DNA. And so his blood is in me and my blood is in him. And there's nothing that we can do about it. We just didn't, inher- we, we didn't even get a choice. And I want, there's somebody in this room today. You've walked into this place. You feel beaten up. You're broken. You're battling all kinds of things. You did something last night that you're so incredibly ashamed of that no one else knows about. The only person that you know that knows is God and you think that he is mad at you and he wants nothing to do with you and he is disconnected from you and he's just waiting for you just to look up so he can just smack you over the face. Because that's what religion teaches. And and this is what these false teachers were teaching these baby Christians. You need to do more. You got to work for it. You need to pay penance for your salvation. He's mad up there. The only way to make him happy with you is if you do something about it. Here's what I want you to know today. No matter how far away you are from him. Genesis chapter one. The middle somewhere. Verse 20 something. Says this. You are created in the image of God. Meaning that you have a piece of him in you that you didn't even have a choice about. He he is in you, whether you know it or not. His DNA is in you. How is that? Because he created you that way. So be encouraged today. He loves you. He's with you. So part of that inheritance, I want you to know this, has nothing to do with you. It's just, it's just, just the way it is. Find, find rest and peace in that today. He loves you. He smiles. You're his kid. But here's the second part of this inheritance. And that is, there's a learned process. I want you to know that there's a process of this inheritance that if you fully want it, 
You can learn these traits. In fact, I was talking about it this week with my wife, my grandfather, my hero. I watched him. He pastored for 45 years in this town. And I would follow him on his appointments and he would take me to the hospital. And, 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 and there's actually, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to like say this the wrong way, but there truly is an art to pastoring. There's like, there's like a, there's part of it. Of course it's spiritual, but there's, there's, there's a, there's a science to it too. And I would study him, the way he would interact with people, the, the words he would say. He taught me so many things. And, this, and to this day, I'm not patting myself on the back or anything like that. But every once in a while, I'll have someone say to me, hey, Pastor JF, like, I, I really appreciated how you did A, B, or C with me. Just the way you ha- I was with you when you handled a certain situation. And I just really appreciated that. And, you know, I say thank you, but man, I, I, I really, I, that wasn't like, I didn't make that up. I, I watched a great pastor and, and, and I watched how he loved people and served his community. And, 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 and I said, I want to, I want to be like that. And so there was, a, there was an inheritance that he had in himself for me, but it required me to say, I want that Papa. Right? And he said, okay, I'm, I'm willing to give it to you. And I've mentioned this so many times before, but the purest, well, I'm not going to even say that. The only way love works is if free will is involved. I, I sit with couples sometimes and I'm listening to their story. Couples that are, you know, and, and especially couples that are like, at the end where it's like if there's not a miracle that's going to take place like this is going to end in divorce and and usually the theme is there's one person person who who wants to stay in it right the other person is just like i'm good right the love has just been disconnected because it requires two people saying no, no i'm going to love you and i'm going to love you and that's the way god created us that we would be that we would choose to love him and as we pursue him as we here it is spend time with him as we as we listen to him as we open up this living word that bible that you hold in your hands is alive it's his voice if you're wondering what his will is for your life today his just open open up the scriptures that that that's the living word the word became flesh jesus he's all throughout that book and what i'm telling you today is is that you can get this inheritance downloaded from god into you but it requires you pursuing him back you are his son, you are his daughter, you have full access to it. And I love this last verse, and then we're going to receive communion together, and that is the Spirit, Ephesians 1. This is another letter, Ephesians 1, 14. Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised, and that he has purchased us to be his own people. Here it is, he did this. So we would praise and glorify him. Number one, you are not a subject. You are an heir. You got to hear that today. You're an heir. You have access to all of it. $45 billion is pretty awesome, but man, I'd, I'd prefer to have everything that God wants for me, right? Are you with me on that one? 
So you're, you're not a subject, you're not a servant, you're not a slave, you're an heir to everything that he has for you. You can be a son, all you have to do is accept him. All you have to be, do is say yes, you can be his daughter today. And then finally, he, he wants you to look like him. He, he wants you to be his spinning image And you do that by spending time with him. You do that by getting in his word. You do that by allowing him to be a part of every minute of your day, every decision you make. Connect with him today. And in fact, I love this part as we receive communion together right now. And that is Jesus combined them all into a symbol. And it's the symbol of communion. And today, we're going to do that right now. And if you walked in this place and you don't have the elements, just a little cup of juice with the wafer on top, just raise your hand right now. We have some friends that, that have the elements. You can just raise your hand real high. We want everyone to be able to participate in getting closer to him. This was a really, really, really big deal to Jesus. And, and, and the way I know that is because Within 24 hours, he's going to be literally mutilated and tortured to death. I promise you, if I knew that was coming down the pike for me, I I wouldn't be giving any more instruction. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like I would be like, I'd be in a fetal position, of course, like crying. But I mean, Jesus, this was so important to him. Knowing what he's about to go through, he he said, do this little symbolic act. And the reason why I want you to do this is because I want, you to, I want it to be a symbol because I want, I want it to trigger. This, this is what this is about. I want you, I want, whenever you take this bread and whenever you take this, this cup, this wine, I want it to trigger a memory of what I did for you on the cross. And then this is something that we don't, we don't in our context, in our, in our Western world, like, he, he, he went to, he took a next, he said, he said, do this as often as you can. Meaning at a, at a, at a Jewish table in that, in that context, there was always some, some type of a, a, a um, carb. <laughs> there was always bread on the table. In that ancient world, at, at that table, there was always, there was always drink. There was always wine. And so the symbols were always there. They always had access to them. And, and Jesus said, do this as often, meaning, if you can, do it every time you eat, right? Just to trigger a memory of what I did for you. And so we're going to do that right now. I'm, I'm reminded of, of what, the, what the bread represents. Just pull that little wafer up. Be very careful. If you have a white shirt, careful with the top. You don't, you don't want to, you know, you hear what I'm saying. Just, just tr- it's tricky. But just pull that, little, pull that little wafer out. Just hold it in your hands. I, I was reminded, even this week I was thinking about it, like, the actual timeline to the crucifixion was, was, was completely intentional. Not, not by the Romans, but by, by, by Jesus. Like, it was all in his plans that he would, be, he, would be, he would be beaten. He knew this was all going to come down the pike. And, the, and the, the beaten part, where he's being whipped and all of these things, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't to save you. That wasn't for your salvation. That was for your healing. Did you know that? Like, this is a big deal. The reason why, the scripture is clear. The stripes on his back was for your healing today. So what does your healing represent? Is it a physical need? My doctor's sitting right here. Is it a a physical thing? Are you sick in your body? 
Is it something in your mind? Is it, is it a, a, a marriage that has been severed, a relationship? What is it? Is your finances? He came to heal all that stuff today. So, so take this part seriously. Break it in your fingers symbolically as the broken body of Christ. And just say, Lord, heal me of that thing. You can, you can just say it in your spirit, Lord, heal me. I just got the report. and I, it's not, It doesn't look good. Whatever it is for you. My finances, God, heal me today. 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to another church, Corinth. He says, on the night Jesus was betrayed, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, Jesus took some bread and he broke it. And he gave thanks to it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Every time you take this bread, remember what I did for you. Lord, come on, raise it up. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for taking those stripes. We thank you that you've came to heal us to restore us, to put us back together. All of the broken places of my life, Lord, can be put back together and are put back together because of your body. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, take it. Paul goes on to write. says, in the same way he took the cup And, he, and Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. The covenant, Ash talked about it last week. The, the, the covenant, it was a new contract. Jesus with his father. Not, not another animal would have to be slaughtered, sacrificed, because he was the final perfect spotless lamb. And his blood covers every sin every mistake you've ever made, every mistake you'll make in the future. I want you to know I'm a flawed man. <laughs> I mean, I'm just bare, I'm duct taped together by God's grace. You know what I'm talking about? Because I still make mistakes. I still say things that are hurtful to my wife at times. And I have to go to her and repent and say, would you forgive me? And then I have to go to God and say, Lord, your blood, would you cover that mistake? Uh, colleagues, friends, I, I'm, I'm human and I make mistakes, but I'm thankful that his blood works in the future, too. You talk about a love, a sacrifice. Come on, lift it up. You know, there's life in the blood. If you've walked in here today feeling dead, I want you to know you can be reborn through the blood of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you. We thank you for a new opportunity, a fresh start. You are the God of second chances. God, when we fall down, you're there to pick us up. Our families backhands us, our friends turn their backs. We were betrayed when we met. Lord, you are always there. We thank you for your blood that covers every iniquity is that old school word. Every sin, every mistake. We thank you that we have new life in you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, take it together. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.